Parsons, you're listening to No Names All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is February 9th. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host Pat Calicchio. Pat, how you doing today, man? Doing well. You know, a little, little tired. I'm on, I'm on the 9 to 5 grind these days. I'm no longer a, uh, you know, a tipped employee working the odd hours, so it's 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 a tough adjustment sometimes. It's it's real life, man. It's it's tough for all of us, but you know sometimes sometimes things come along that make the nine to five a little bit better. Today is February ninth. It's a special day. Today's Saquon Barkley's birthday. You know, legend of of Penn State, uh, potential comeback player of the year. Those awards King are going thinking like in an hour. Uh, superstar on the Giants. You know, all all around legend. Uh, so being the close personal friend that I am of uh, Saquon, figured I'd wish him a happy birthday on Twitter. Uh, sent that out about 8.30 this morning. Um, just like, hey, happy birthday, man. Don't expect anything from it. 1.15 this afternoon. Uh, I'm actually texting you. Uh, we are coordinating this episode. And I see a little notification pop up. says, Saquon Barkley liked your tweet. And I froze. I, I absolutely froze. My finger stopped typing. I was typing a message to you. I stopped typing. Immediately screenshotted because I was like, I gotta get this just in case. But then, like, immediately also was like, all right, it's probably not actually him. It's it's a parody account or something else. Someone named their account Saquon Barkley, whatever. Uh, going to Twitter, it's actually him, and I proceed to freak the fuck out. Um, I, I know this. I know this sounds like a little ridiculous, but like if, for those of you that live on Twitter like me, this is this is like this is the holy grail. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, would love, would love to interact with him. Would love to get him on the podcast. But like, just seeing that pop but up, we're not going like, to get oh, greedy shit. here. Correct, correct. Yes, we're we listen close personal friends, right? This is normal. Um, Friend of the podcast, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> so I go to his page and I see, holy shit, he actually liked it. It's actually him. Uh, and I noticed we were the first tweet he liked. And the last, the last thing he liked was something from a couple of days ago. I was like, oh wow, wow, maybe we stood out to him. Uh, and then being the psychopath that I am, I kind of kept checking throughout the day. Uh, so remember, I tweeted this at 8.30 this morning. It is now 7.30 at night, so we're 11 hours. It is the only tweet he has liked today. Wow. Happy birthday, Saquon. From Happy us. birthday, Saquon. You from your friends at No Names All Game. Uh, there's, there's two, possi- there's, there's two possibilities here. Two possibilities. One, he really liked the tweet. He thought it was creative. I said... Uh, Hope this year brings you to even greater heights and put four different pictures of four different hurdles from when he was at Penn State. Maybe he was like, hey, that's really cool. Um, but I'm also I'm also like understanding that there's a real to fair possibility that like maybe he was just scrolling. It was an accident. <laughs> like maybe he didn't plan on liking anything, but it's there. I'm taking it as a win. Saquon Barkley confirmed fan of the podcast. <laughs> Fan of the podcast, Saquon. Um, I hope he wins. I hope he wins tonight. I'm pretty sure those awards are tonight. Uh, offensive rookie, defensive rookie, comeback player, like all that shit. Um, and he is one of the three finalists for comeback player of the year. So that would be awesome. Nice birthday gift if he gets it. So stay tuned. Um, all right. So today's show, uh, we got a couple things. Um, you know, like we said, we're going to try to do a little bit more this off season. Last off season, we kind of took off. Uh, didn't really do much. Our goal is to give you guys a little bit more this year. So a um, couple of news tidbits that we'll run through. Uh, and then uh, we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive into the 2023 recruiting class. Uh, if you listen to last episode, we kind of gave an over, overview of uh, some of the top players, where we landed in the rankings, all that. Uh, today, we're going to go through and give out some superlatives, superlatives, superlatives. I still don't know what the right pronunciation is. Um, and, and talk about some of the guys that really catch our eyes. So uh, like I mentioned, uh, we'll start with some news. Happy birthday, Saquon. That was number one. Uh, number two, a couple of days ago, 24-7 put out their uh, conference recruiter of the year rankings. And the Big Ten recruiter of the year is none other than our guy, Jay Wan Sider. Congrats, Coach Sider. Loving the lawn boys. That, that He does. He recruits like an animal, man. He's not just out there recruiting running backs. I think he's yeah. got a pretty large um, – he handles Florida. I think for Penn yep. State, uh, you know, he's a big part of the reason we have guys like Katron Allen, as, you know, big part of the reason Penn State has like a toe in the door at IMG Academy, which is one of the premier yeah. football schools in one of the premier football states yep. in this country. Yep. Down in Bradenton, Florida, I think that is. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it was cool. So I read in the article, I posted, uh, I posted on our Instagram, a snippet of, of the article. If you want to read that, um, basically talks about kind of what you said of, of, you know, recruiting the running backs, but also playing in the part in the recruitments of Alex Birchmeyer, Anthony Danka, uh, Tony Rojas, KB on keys, King Mac, um, name after name after name. So, uh, if you look at 24 seven, it's cool. They rank their top ones for each, each conference and they have a national one too. I'm pretty sure. Um, but they look at like the total number of commits that person is credited with, uh, the average rating, uh, and then give it like a point score. Um, so he, yeah, he was credited with nine commits average of a 91.63 rating, uh, which gives him the number one spot, which is really, really cool. Uh, rounding out the top five, as expected, Brian Hartline is number two. A lot of people would assume he was number one just because he's brought in so much wide receiver talent um, to Ohio State. Uh, but he had four commits at an average of 95, so higher ranking, but less overall commits. I guess that kind of goes into the factor. Uh, and then it goes Larry Johnson from Ohio State, Kevin Wilson from Ohio State. And rounding out on the top five, Terry Smith, quarterback's coach, Penn State. Um, so I thought that was really, really cool too. Um, Phil Troutwine is on there at nine, uh, Ty Howell at 19, they go, they did the top 25. So we have four of the top 25 with one and five being the highlights, J1 and coach Terry. Really, really cool to see. That's pretty great. I'm actually surprised Troutwine wasn't, uh, further up on the list considering this class that he brought in for 2023. Yeah, it's and like I said, I don't know how they come up with this like points score um, because his his number. What did I say? What, what did I say? He was thirteen. No, nine. Sorry, nine. nine. He has four four commits that he's credited with, with an average of ninety four point oh eight. But then his score is fifty eight compared to J Wan, who is seventy six. So like, I don't I don't know. Like I I don't know the formula. Uh, give me the formioli. Like I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like it's, you know, we, we talk about how important re- recruiting is all the time. Um, we've known Jalen Sider is a good recruiter. I think it's really cool to see him get that kind of national recognition, um, you know, on 24-7. It's plastered all over the place. He's the number four in the nation. So number one in the Big Ten, number four in the nation. Um, Charles Kelly from Colorado is number one. Uh, is that the guy that was at Bama and left maybe? I don't know. Um, and then Bama, Bama have two and three. So he's behind three pretty big names um yeah but that's awesome so shout out if, Coach shout for out anyone Jaylon. wondering why georgia it probably there's no one from georgia in that top three uh, my guess would be they have so many people doing that i i just saw sure. a, a stat the other day georgia spent four and a half million dollars on recruiting this past cycle oh on recruiting God. that's it their, their staff their recruiting staff i've heard is like twice the size of penn states wow so I wonder, yeah. like, what's what's the like legality of that? Like, are you just allowed to have as many as you want, and you can spend as yeah. much as you want? Are there caps on that? I don't think so. Wow. <laughs> so okay. I mean, like, there there's a large part of our fan base that like looks at James Franklin as this guy that doesn't know the X's and O's, and like is like, but is like some guru recruiter. I I don't think our fans realize he's not bringing in top five classes every year and then not being in the top four. Right. Like he's scraping for top 15 and top 10 classes. And that's a massive improvement from where Penn State was before he got there. Yes. Um, but he he is not bringing in like one of the, the best class in the country. He's not bringing the best class in the conference every year. Yeah. Like he is slightly outperforming with our end of the season ranking with his still impressive recruiting rankings. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think I think that's a I think that's a lazy, outdated narrative of oh, he's a great recruiter, but doesn't know the X's knows. Dude's been here nine years. Like if that was the only thing he was good at, he wouldn't still have this job. Obviously, he's given us the performance on the field. Yes, we want more. Um, but he's he's done a great job of surrounding himself with the right people. Um, you know, we talked about it on our last episode how coordinators come and go, position coaches come and go. Um, he's had some that have gone on to have really, really good success. And for most of the time, he's been able to backfill and find, you know, future gems. You know, that's what we talked about with Marcus Higgins. Is, is he going to be a guy, you know, that we're going to say, wow, he's recruiting really well from Virginia and he's helping us out. So, um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was cool. This isn't I haven't seen this before, like the top recruiter rankings. I'm sure they do it every year, um, but I hadn't seen it before. So. J1 Sider, Terry Smith, number one, number five, Troutline, nine, Howell, 19. Very, very cool. 
A um, couple other things before we get into our uh, recruiting superlatives. Uh, Dion Barnes uh, was announced. He's, he's been a graduate assistant for the last couple of years. Uh, if you remember, he played for Penn State in the 2010s. He was a D-end. Um, went to the NFL, had a, had a cup of coffee with the Jets, a couple other teams. Um, you know, didn't really pan out in the NFL, but uh, has, has started his coaching career uh, and gotten rave reviews uh, the last couple of years as a grad assistant. Um, one that everyone mentions is he has drastically improved the recruiting in Philadelphia. Uh, he, he's from Philly, uh, you know, connects with a lot of those kids and that has helped uh, kind of grasp that foothold where there's a lot of talent out of Philly that we've missed out on uh, over the past couple of years uh, prior to him. Uh, so that's a huge help. Um, but I also I think he's going to be a hell of a D-line coach one day. Um, you know, you talk, you, you read some of the articles and like I was reading the one from 24-7 with this announcement. Even PJ Mustafer, he said, I forget the word he used. I think it was monumental. He said he had a monumental impact. PJ was like, I don't, you know, I don't consider myself an amazing pass rusher, um, but working with Coach Dion, like I trust my skills more. I trust my technique more. He has a way of working with us and getting the best out of us. So like, you know, this is not a knock on John Scott. I think John Scott's done a great job, but I think having, you know, a younger guy who's maybe a little bit closer to his playing days that can relate to uh, the guys on the field a little bit more is huge. So um, the rules, are, I don't know exactly all of the rules, but around being a grad assistant, but you can only do it for a certain amount of years and you can only do it for like a certain amount of years since you graduated or since your playing days. Um, so I think his clock kind of ran out on that uh, and they weren't sure what they were going to do. So they, they've kept him on as an analyst. I think he's I think he's listed as a defensive slash offensive analyst, which I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, I imagine he'll continue working with the D-line. Um and, and who knows what will happen in the future, right? Maybe he does get a chance to go be, you know, a full-time coach somewhere. But I think keeping him here now is very, very important. He's been, like you said, like really, you know, increased the recruiting from Philadelphia, um, which is, is an area that Penn State shouldn't struggle in. And the fact that they haven't, you know, historically been successful is a big deal. Um, yeah. They're, you know, college football recruiting is still a largely kind of um, provincial. Yeah entity and if you're not getting the most out of your whole state it that that's a big loss and you know hopefully penn state can kind of get like a you know a, a chokehold on schools like st joe's and yep. you know not letting those kids go uh go out of state and other other places that would be a big move and uh yeah you know d-line is a more technical position than people think it is like you you can't just be some physical animal like you you got to have moves and you got to okay. have moves for the offensive lineman's moves. You know, you got to mm -hmm. have hands. You got to know what you're doing there. These aren't just, just yeah. These aren't just big dudes who go blowing by other guys. Yeah. It's uh, and Dion has been. He's definitely a guy who probably could have taken a coaching position as like an assist. You know, a position coach or assistant position coach somewhere smaller. But yeah. the fact that Penn State was able to hold on to him at, 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 right as an analyst. Yeah. Yeah, is a big deal. Definitely, definitely. Like I said, I don't know exactly like what changes versus an analyst versus a grad assistant. Uh, Just his title article. and probably his pay. Yeah, yeah. But I, I would say in that article, uh, PJ mentioned something about how like grad assistants were allowed to work with them like after certain hours or something that like coaches aren't I allowed to. I think that's changing like that. um, in terms of when people are allowed to work with whom. I think it's Got basically it. just like you can work with whoever at this point. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, shout out. Shout out Dion Barnes. That's awesome. Um, I had an acting class with him my, my senior year of college. He was a freshman. I think I told the story on the pod before. Uh, I was like theater 101. I just, uh, it was, it was when I was really interested in like, I needed an extra class just to fill out my schedule. I was like, that sounds fun. Uh, and this kid walks in just huge kid. You can tell he's on the football team, right? He's got like the backpack and everything. Uh, and he was pretty quiet, like in the first couple of classes. And then by the end of it, him and this one other kid did a scene from remember the Titans. And it was, it was beautiful. It was uh, it was Bertier. Uh, was it left side, strong side? Not that one. It was it was when they were talking about like getting to know each other. Um, oh, you don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. Like, yeah, that, it, was, it was oh, it was it was beautiful. Beautiful. So uh, my neck for the team. What team? Yeah. What team? <laughs> yeah, it was it was incredible. Uh, shout out Dion Barnes. If we ever get him on the show, uh, I am absolutely going to ask if he remembers that. I mean, he won't remember me, but hopefully he remembers the scene because he did a really good job. He might. You know, maybe but, you did a scene that inspired him. I, I think I did. A, I did a monologue from the movie Accepted with Justin Long. 
Great movie. <laughs> Great movie. Um, so yeah, that that's that. Uh, next topic, um, NFL Combine. NFL Combine um, invites were announced uh, yesterday. I think they came out. Penn State has seven guys uh, represented. Um, these are invites. Obviously, they can still be like accepted, non-accepted. Um, nobody doesn't accept it unless they're like hurt and can't perform. So all things considered, we expect seven guys to be there. Jair Brown, PJ Mustafer, Joey Porter Jr., Juice Scruggs, Brenton Strange, Mitchell Tinsley, and Parker Washington. A um, lot of talk on Twitter um, about the big question of did Sean Clifford get snubbed? Did he deserve an invite to the Combine? Where do you land on this one? You're the you're you're our Sean Clifford guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely guys like you you want me to be honest. I think Sean Clifford's a better quarterback than Aiden O'Connell. We saw them play against each other. Sean Clifford was better. Sean Clifford looked better all season than Aiden O'Connell did. And it's not yeah. like, you know, don't give me any excuses about like Sean Clifford was there for X long. He should be better. Aiden O'Connell was in college just as long as Sean Clifford. I don't know. There's nothing more impressive about him. Um you know, I, I don't know every guy in that list, but there was a guy who had like a 13 to 8 touchdown interception ratio. You know, I I think Sean Clifford deserved an invite. Um, I'm not like aghast that he didn't. Right. You know, I think right. he's a he's a borderline draft pick, most likely an undrafted free agent kind of guy. Yeah, agreed. And then I won't beat this to death um, where I stand on Sean Clifford. Um, congrats to Sean Clifford, by the way, just sold his company, Limitless, NIL, uh, sold it to some, it's called TEAM, some bigger group, like they they got acquired. It's, it's a partnership. He's still running it, all of that, but made himself some money. So that's a, he ain't a businessman. He's a business man. Um, very, very cool. Shout out to those guys, Sean. Well, he was, Liam, then, he, then, he then he sold himself. himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Sean Clifford, Liam Clifford, Aeneas Hawkins, a couple other guys involved in that. Really, really cool. Um, but yeah, you look at the list of quarterbacks invited. Um, you have your your superstars, right? Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Hendon Hooker, um, the guys that are expected to go in the first couple rounds. Uh, and this is not a deep quarterback class by any means. Um, there's those three at the top, really, and Young, Stroud, and Levis. Um, and then it's kind of a crapshoot after that. People don't really know. Um, you look at some of the other names, Stenson Bennett from Georgia, people are like, Cliff should have got in over him. Man won two national titles. Like He's going to be at the combine. I'm sorry. And he was a Heisman um, finalist, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Max Duggan, TCU. Um, also Hayner Heisman Fres- finalist, yeah. Yeah, Jake Hayner from Fresno State gets a ton of hype. People people are like claiming him as like the small school guy to watch. Um, Aiden O'Connell, you mentioned. Uh, Tyson Badgent from Shepard. I didn't even know Shepard was a college. Never heard of him. Never heard of it. Um, a lot, I saw someone, I don't remember which account, but someone was like, uh, he's definitely better than Malik Cunningham from Louisville. Malik Cunningham is a freak athlete. He, yeah. He's re- he's a really good, he, he is a, a talent. Uh, I'm not going to say, he, I don't know, I haven't watched enough of him to know if he's a better quarterback. He, he's a really good athlete, and people are going to love watching him run drills, see his athleticism, all that kind of stuff. It just happens. Um, Tanner McKee from Stanford, Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA, Clayton Toon from Houston. So, like I said, I, I, I predicted. Shout out to me for predicting this, by the way. I tweeted this out a couple of days ago and nailed it. The seven that that got invited, I said those guys are sure things. And then I said Cliff and Tarbert were probably like fringe guys that like I could see going either way. Um, I would have loved for Cliff to get an invite. Let me be clear on that. It would have been awesome to see him get his chance to be like, no, I, I belong. I, I deserve this. I can show you why. Um, and maybe turn some heads. Like that That would have been really, really cool. Um, but am I shocked? No. So, you know, he'll have his opportunity at Pro Day, right? Penn State Pro Day is always highly attended by NFL personnel. Um, we have the top-tier talent that will attract those scouts. They're going to come to see Joey. They're going to come to see Parker Washington, uh, especially if he's not fully healthy by the Combine. Um you know, they're going to come see Jair. They're going to come see all, all of our guys. So I think he'll have his opportunity at Pro Day to make a team be interested, right? Make a team take a seventh-round flyer. Make a team make him a priority uh, undrafted free agent. We'll see. Um, Tarburton, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Um, I think he's played a lot of good football for us. I think it, it was cool to see him, you know, get better as he got older. He battled through some injuries and things during his time. 
I never really thought he was going to get the invite. Um, would have been cool, but but same thing. Like he'll have his chance at pro day. Yeah, I mean that one doesn't surprise me either. Um, you know, best of luck. He's yeah, a late course. late round kind of guy. Yeah, we want all of these guys to have their chance to to follow the dream and get in the NFL. But um, yeah, we we saw. So I, I think you know the the draft process and the whole you know from the end of the season to to the draft itself. There's a lot going on. Uh, we saw PJ Mustafer and Juice Scruggs both played in the East West Shrine Bowl. Um, both got voted to their respective teams like practicers of the week, um, which was really cool to see. Uh, there was a ton of reports that Bill Belichick from the Patriots was in love with PJ Mustafer. Uh, they said pulled him aside several times to talk to him, and he just doesn't do that with many prospects. Uh, so PJ to the Patriots, maybe. Um, uh, but really cool to see those guys get get their get their flowers there. Um, Jair was an interesting one because he accepted invites to. I think both the Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl, uh, but then didn't participate in either. So um, hopefully everything's okay. Hopefully there's not any like injury concern there, but uh, we have seen him and Joey training together. Uh, they were both uh, recently I tweeted out, they were both with Andre Odom, uh, who is a an agent with Athletes First, represents uh, Micah, Odafe, um, Jacob Brisker. Uh, he also has like uh, uh, Kyle Pitts, um, a couple other like big names. Chris, that don't went, forget like, Jacob. Yeah, I did forget him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, for the record, though, I did Google uh, Andre Odom clients, and he was not on the list. So um, I think so they Andre, that's on you. And it, I don't think it was the athletes first website. I think it was like someone else reporting it. Doesn't so matter. we won't put that. We, Andre, no, we you got to be on that. We won't put that on Andre because I love for him to come on the show too. Um, but I think it just had the first the the first year's class, not the second one. So either way, um, my point being, there's a lot that happens from end of season to the draft there's a lot of opportunities for guys to get in front of teams to show off what they're doing um it's more than just the combine obviously the combine is the pinnacle that's huge that's where you get to do the most but it's not the end of the world for cliff and tarburton i think it is a huge opportunity for the rest of the guys and i'm really excited um is there anything particular at the combine that you love watching like any drills any any nothing i used to watch the combine and then i'm like this is five hours of watching the same thing every day. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm a draft nut, so I watch it more than I'd like to admit. Um, but yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited for a couple of things. Like we, you know, we don't have like necessarily a burner this year, so like kind of excited to see like who's who's going to be the top forty guy. Like, you know, will, will Parker be healthy enough? Will Mitchell Tinsley surprise us? Will Joey Porter Jr. He posted a video today of himself training. Like, who's going to be the fastest guy? That's kind of cool to me. Um, I'd be interested to see Joey's vertical. I feel like he's got some hops. Yeah, very true. Very true. Brenton too. Brenton, Brenton, you know, for being as big as he is, has made some of those catches. I would love to see kind of what that looks like. Um, And then I always love watching the wide receivers run the gauntlet where they just run them down, go left, right, left, right. That's just fun to me. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, Pro Day has not been announced yet. A couple schools started announcing their dates of like when they are. Um, that's one thing you you know you try not to schedule it around uh, around the same day as other huge schools because then teams have to kind of decide who they want to go see. Um, so we'll keep you posted when we hear that. Um, anything else before we get to our recruiting class superlatives? Um, no, that's all I got. Awesome. So uh, it is time. We're going to do a little bit of a deep dive here on the 2023 Penn State recruiting class. Um, National Signing Day 2 just happened a week or two ago. Um, We moved up. We were number 14 overall on the 24-7 rankings. We are now number 13 um, with the addition of Chimdi Ona. I think I'm saying that right. Chimdi Ona. Offensive tackle that we added late. Really, really good pickup. Um, But not much happens on that day. Um, I saw... If you follow Adam Brenneman, former Penn State tight end, current media mogul in the college football world, uh, he put a video out saying, like, early signing day and transfer portal has kind of ruined the real signing day. Um, you know, you don't get as much fanfare. You don't get the whole production. Like, I think it's early signing clear. day is the big one. Early signing day is real signing day. You know, 90 plus percent of kids are committed by then. They send their letters in. Penn State still puts the video out with the big board, having current pros announce the picks. Like, I love, I love that. It's like one of my favorite things we do. Um, I think it's just changed that like now it happens in, was that December? As opposed to February. 
Yeah. Um, so we finished, like I said, number 13 overall. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, that's stacking top 15 classes, right? That's what Franklin's been able to do. And that's what you have to do to continue to be successful. Uh, so we're going to look at a couple different categories here. We're going to look at someone we think has a potential for instant impact. Uh, we're going to look at highest ceiling, maybe someone that'll take a little bit longer to develop, but we'll have, you know, one of the better careers. Uh, we'll give out our recruit crush or someone we're most excited for. Uh, and then we'll talk about the position groups that we are most excited for and maybe a little bit concerned about from this class. So let's start with instant impact. Pat, who do you think in this class has the best potential to have an instant impact on the field in 2023? Uh, I, I look at this class and I, I think I go with Alex Birchmeyer. Um, okay. He's supposed to be the most polished offensive lineman we're bringing in. He can play pretty much. He's the most flexible. He can play pretty much any of the positions. He's big enough to play tackle. He's, you know, sound enough, but, you know, he, but he's not like that typical NFL tackle body, but he's right. sound everywhere. Um, and this is a guy, you know, he's not huge. He's coming in at about 280, but he's actually had to control his weight his entire high school career because he's also a wrestler. Oh, I did not know that. And yes. And I, I believe in high school, the high end of the weight class is 275. It might be 285. but. Okay. This is a guy who even just from like summer workouts, you know, early enrollee, just for the first time, not having to keep his weight at a certain level might, you know, be pushing that 300 pound mark by the time the season rolls around and have that legit college offensive lineman size. Um, I know there's, you know, for the first time in forever, our offensive line is deep and pretty stacked, but injuries are always going to happen. Of course, uh, you know, stuff and, and guys are going to have to move around. And Birchmeyer's a guy who slots into pretty much every position on that offensive line. Yeah. I mean, I think, right, he projects as an interior guy, right? So you would imagine guard and maybe a future center. Yeah. Um, he projects as interior in the NFL. He's a guy who can play, be a college tackle. Oh, I see. Okay. He's 6'5. Um, yeah. He's a big dude. Yeah. Big dude. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I kind of envision him in the interior. Um, Maybe just in an instant impact way, right? You've got Olu at left tackle. You've got either Caden Wallace or Drew Shelton at right tackle. Um, you know, there's there's some depth there. Um, and then the interior, we've we've got some dudes, right? If Tangwall's healthy, he's in there. Uh, Hunter Norzad is expected to be the center, and then Sal Wormley, you know, was was pretty good at right at right guard. Um, and there's some depth there too, right? There there's some guys, um, you know, Vega. Uh, Vega Ione, uh, JB Nelson, JB Nelson is one. Ve Vega's, um, you know, exciting. Vega follows us on Twitter, by the way. Shout out Vega. Does he? Um, Vega, yeah, friend of the, I see. friend of the podcast. Vega Ione, yes, friend, friend, a lot of friends of the podcast this time. Um, Confirmed fan. You know, my point, Vega my Ione. point being, I, I, I almost like, I, I don't know why, but I, I have this vision of like him getting some reps in, you know, similar ways that like Landon got in there when you know we're up big, um, or later in the season. I kind of see. Uh, Birchmeyer having those opportunities inside. Um, and I, I don't really have a good reason for that I don't, versus tackle. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I, I do like your pick for that. Uh, he was a guy I thought about picking, but um, I, I really do like that pick. Um, all right, mine, I actually thought we might have the same one, so I'm glad we didn't. Uh, this might be an obvious one. I'm going Tony Rojas, um, linebacker. He's an early enrollee. He's on campus. Um, he already got shouted out on day one uh, from Manny Diaz as the competitor of the day for uh, winter workouts. You know, he's been on he's been on campus like a couple of weeks, and like I know those aren't like stamps of approval for like you know this guy's going to play right. Otherwise, Bo Pergula would be our starting quarterback. He's won two days in a row. Um, but I think I see something in him as. Not not an Abdul Carter type of freshman season. I'm not I'm not saying that, but I think he can be a rotation piece in that linebacking core um, that can really do some damage. Right, he was the Virginia Gatorade Player of the Year. Uh, he comes in on the roster right now. He's listed as I think it's six two. Um, he's six a little two, one, skinny, one ninety five. So he's gonna have to bulk up, right? You look at Abdul. He's at two thirty three. Uh, 6'3", 233. Curtis Jacobs, 6'1", 227. Right? So those guys are Even playing like heavier. Even like the other guys in the class, you know? Oh, Tamir's 225. Um, who, who else do we have? Kavion Keyes. Kavion Keyes is only 190 as well. But 
Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely he's definitely smaller, and I, I think being an early enrollee, I can't say those words, uh, will help. Right, have him get some extra time to get in that strength program, get in that weight program, get that weight up into like you know if he can get into the two ten range, um, you know maybe that's that's a good starting point for him where he can see some action. Um, but I don't know. I, he just he he has that like it factor for me of like a guy who can come in and again not not necessarily be someone who's challenging for a starting spot. But have those rotational plays where you're like, damn, who was that? Like, wow, that guy came out of nowhere. Um, so, I, I, you know, this is this is very like, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I'm 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 picking this pick with like my heart, not my head. Um, but I, I I got a soft spot for Tony Rojas, and I think uh, I think he can do some big things this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited for him as a player. Um, I I don't see him as an instant impact guy just because I think he needs a full year in like a college strength training program. Um, which is fair, which is fair. Yeah. But I, I think he could be pretty awesome. Yeah. I, and that's, that's one of the reasons like, I, I, I don't, maybe I guess I shouldn't have thought that you were going to pick him too, but I th- I've seen a lot of buzz about him. Like a lot of people really yeah. like this guy. He was very highly rated. Uh, I think he was our number three in the class behind Javen and Birchmeyer, I believe. Um, so th- there's a lot to like about him. Um, and I just maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm manifesting with this pick of, of instant impact. Like I want to see this happen, so I'm going to put it out in the world. Um, let's move to the next one. Uh, highest ceiling. So, like we said, this is a guy that maybe doesn't come in right away and, and change the game, but uh, overall can develop into one of the better players in the class. Uh, who you got for highest ceiling? Yeah, I mean, you'll have to forgive me for the obvious pick on this one, but I got to go with Javen Williams. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Five star. Um, at you know every you know guy's a stud um it's 290 already um and you know he doesn't play at with you know at the highest level of high school football with why i'm missing i think they're more of a simple like non-college type offense uh, a lot more running than passing so he's gonna have some like you know there's gonna be a learning curve where he's gonna have to sure. learn how to be a college offensive lineman and um but, you know, man, once he does that and from what, you know, seems to be a like high character type of guy who is not going to have any issues with learning those things, um, with putting in the work, he's, there's a reason he's rated the way he is. Um, he's going to be an absolute stud. He's six five. He's big. He's strong. Um, one of the things I have heard about him for that is very positive, he had good bend for a guy at his size which is okay. important for alignment, staying low. Um, yeah, I mean, Javen Williams, I think, is, you know, it, it's tough to get excited about an offensive lineman because you're not going to see much of what he does in the field. Right. But with, just with the past that, the you know, the Penn State fan base has had for the past, you know, I don't know, almost decade, <laughs> a stud offensive lineman is pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, before before the the prospect of Olu going to the NFL this year, it's been a while since we've talked about an offensive lineman that has like real top end NFL potential. Um, you know, Connor McGovern has done very well. Don't get me wrong. Uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, he's he's played well. He's done some things. Ryan Bates uh, for the Bills has done well. Um, but but these were guys that were you know a little bit later. I think Connor was like a mid round pick. I think Bates was yeah. a little bit later. Um, I think they were also NFL guards who were being asked to play tackle at Penn State. Sure. Sure, absolutely. I believe both of them were. Yeah, um, McGovern. I th- McGovern, I think, played inside at Penn State. Um, Maybe I don't remember. But Bates was a tackle. Um, but I know with all of those lines, yeah. there was a lot of like position switching Correct. because of depth yes. and injuries and need. Yeah, there's needed bodies. Yeah. Um, so yes, to 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 my point, having a guy like Javen, I'm not projecting him as a first round NFL draft pick now. I am. With- all right, there you go. That's what a five-star <laughs> ranking is. It means you're going to be a first-round draft pick, all right? That's a Pat Calicchio guarantee. <laughs> Lock it up. Uh, yeah, it's it's the right pick. Uh, and I purposely didn't pick him because I figured you would. Um, so I have another guy. Uh, I went I went through the list. I uh, went through the class. And there, were, there were a couple guys that I was highlighting, a couple guys I was thinking about. Um, but I went with King Mac. Um, I really I like King Mac. I almost chose um, him, too. He was my second choice if you went first. Okay, perfect. Uh, King Mac safety uh, from St. St. Thomas Aquinas uh, in Florida. Big time um, program. A, big time program is a four-star safety. This is the number six, number seven safety in the country, depending on which service you're looking at. Um, 
comes in at 5'11", 180. So same thing. He'll have to bulk up a little bit. Um, you know, not the tallest, but I, I was looking through. Not a lot of our D-backs are uh, in general. Like, we don't have a lot of huge guys that hasn't been, like, a focal point necessarily. So, like, I don't That's think safety, that will be a problem. Yeah, I mean, Jair is listed at 5'11", 202 or 203. Yeah. So King Mac puts on a couple pounds. You know, you're looking at very similar. Um, but you watch his tape. There's a lot to like. And then I was reading his his scouting report on 24-7. Uh, and the first line just really kind of jumps out is the football version of a five-tool center fielder. Lacks the ideal height-weight combo, but makes up for his smaller frame with his speed, instincts, ball skills, physicality, and leadership qualities. Like, what more do you want from a top-end safety, right? Very athletic, uh, runs runs a 10-6 100-meter dash. Um, insane. Uh, like, I just I think, like, when you look at the class of, like, okay, who's got all the tools? who can put, take some time to develop where, you know, we don't need him to come in and play right away, right? We look at safety. You've got Keaton Ellis, uh, Zachy Wheatley, Jaden Reed, um, Kevin Winston. Everyone is pumped about, right? Um, it, it's funny. He's he's already already the one that everyone's like, oh, he might be a sleeper this year. If everyone's saying he's a sleeper, not a sleeper. <laughs> um, I'm very excited for Kevin Winston. Don't get me wrong. Um, but He's a waker, uh, though. Yes, yes. Uh, but my point being is we have talent there already that you don't need King Mac to come in and be that guy right away. Um, and we, we, you know, we haven't needed that in the secondary, right? Um, you know, Kalen came in and did some crazy things. We've had some other guys over the years that do make an impact early on. But I think King is going to be a guy that like in two to three years, we're going to be like, wow, like, why did he, why did he not have more offers? Why was he not, you know, choosing at these big programs? If you look at his offer list, like, there's a couple like big names, but it's not the top end, right? It's us, Michigan State, uh, Miami, Florida, um, I guess Mississippi State, South Carolina, but, like none of the Alabamas, Ohio States, nothing like that on his offer list. So I, I don't know. I think I think there's something like that I really like about King Mac that, like I said, a couple of years from now, we're going to be like, yeah, we got a real good one. Yeah. I mean, first of all, first team all name, King Mac. Yeah. How did I, I forget that? I love that. Um, <laughs> And you you mentioned he runs a 10-6-4 in the 100 meter. I think he came like fourth in the Florida State uh, 100 meter, which, you know, again, Florida is a track state. Um, yeah. And I think he actually won a state championship in the 400 meter. Uh, yeah, I'm looking right now. Uh, it was a regional champ in the 400. And let, 40, let me tell you. 46-2-5. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not only so that means not only does he have speed and does he have a motor, but you got to be a little fucking nuts to run the four hundred to be like a really yes. good four hundred runner. That yes. means you can basically sprint for almost a minute straight. Yeah, yeah, insane. Forty six point two five in the four hundred. That's nuts. Yeah, um, so I ran the four hundred in high school. I was not very good, but that's insane. Yeah, I uh, I, I have run the four hundred <laughs> when I was. Yeah, high no, school. I, I'm saying I did. I just wasn't very good. Yeah, I, I came in under a minute and was really proud of myself. I'll put it that way. Nice. <laughs> um, I, was, I, was in the, I was in the low 50s, but he's, yeah. he's you know, seven plus seconds better than me, which is a lifetime in track. Um, yeah. So, yes, all name team. First of all, I'm so sorry I forgot that. Um, but also speaking of teams, uh, he was also the only other person in this class on the Max Preps uh, All-America team. So Max Preps is like a high school um like coverage service, uh, Javen was first team. Uh, he was a second team defense King Mac. So, um, you know, he, he's got some national notoriety in that sense too. So yeah, my pick for high ceiling. Uh, I think Javen was the obvious choice. Happy you picked him. If you didn't, I would have, uh, I'm going with King Mac. Yeah. And that the fact that he's that good at the 400 tells me he's got the mentality I want in the safety. Like, you yeah. know, that's a hitter. Yep. Yep. Exactly. He, um, he can run a guy down. Like, a guy breaks away and looks like he's going to, you know, score an 80-yard touchdown. King Mac's going to be the one stopping that yeah, at the five-yard yeah. line. And that could be – hey, listen, that could be the, that could be the difference in a bowl game, right? Um, you need yeah, those right. kind of guys. So, love that. Shout out King Mac. Um, all right, let's pivot to recruit crush slash most excited for us. And the way I interpreted this was, like, maybe not the highest-rated guy, um, but someone that you're just, like, you, you think might, might be a little special. Yeah, and this is like for anyone who's in a frat out there. This was like your rush crush, you know, <laughs> the guy who just you know he might not have been the one that everyone was talking about, but like you bonded with him a little bit, and you like this is the guy that you wanted. Um, so you I mean, for I, me, Pat. 
I yeah, don't know if people know that. True. Pat, you were my rush crush. I was. I Pat, the one that got away. Me. He burned me. He went to the house across <laughs> the street. Uh, but luckily, we, we remained friends. But yes, I, I, I was a lot of the, I was a lot of people's rush crush. I can't help Listen, it. Listen, you're a good dude. You're a good dude. What can we say? <laughs> All right. Who's, who's your recruit crush? I'm going with Dakari Nelson, man. I knew it. Um, I, wanted, I, knew, I was going to spoil it, but I knew it. You mentioned him last episode. I did. And I'm dude, I'm excited about this guy. He, you know, I heard his interview that he did with On3. Uh, I love their podcasts. And yeah, I, just, I liked everything about him. Um, he's very, you know, a, a, beyond being like a, a talented football player, which he obviously is, four-star safety. Uh, he sounds like a very cerebral player. Like mm-hmm. one of the things he talked about was learning how to watch film properly. Uh, the oh, way wow. he analyzes the game, he knows what he's doing, man. This is not a guy who's just an athlete out there. This guy knows football, and I love that, especially out of a position like safety, because that guy who just has the instinct of knowing where to be at the right time, that's a guy who makes big plays. Yeah. That's a guy who gets turnovers. Like That's that, you know, that's that Ed Reed stuff, that guy yeah. who's just there, that Troy yeah. Palomalo stuff. Just somehow he's in the right spot. Like, yep. And that's what excites me about a player. And I, I love defensive backs, too. They always get me fired up. Sure. Um, and on top of that, the fact that he's from Alabama, man. Like, that is not a place that Penn State recruits super heavily. That is a yeah. high school, you know, a, a state with a lot of high school talent. You get a, you know, a player who can come to your school and be successful out of there from, you know, one of, if not the best program in the country's backyard. Yeah. That can create a pipeline. That can change programs, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I remember, like I said, I remember you mentioning him last uh, last episode, so I purposely did not pick him. Um, but but highly rated, right? He's number 10, number 12 safety in the country. Yeah. Um, you know, so like right there, right right around the King Mac area, a little bit lower. Um, 6'3", 203. I'm sorry if you mentioned this. I was looking at something. Um, but, but he had, I'm looking at offers right now. Um, did not have an Alabama offer, but had an Auburn offer. So, you know, again, Auburn's not great right now, but in the backyard. Um, but they, they from, still recruit, man. Oh, absolutely. Had offers from Clemson, from Tennessee. Um, yeah. You know, some big-time big programs. And, and we were able and to pull big-time programs from, in the South. Yeah, that's, that's those, what I Those Southern kids don't leave the South very often. That's right, a big right. win. Exactly. That's kind of what I was was getting at is, is he had – regional big name programs that he could have gone to chose Penn state. Yeah. I think that's a great pick, man. And high, um, high character Penn state guy as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I went back and forth between two. So I'm, I'm going to pick one. I'm going to, I'm going to have some conviction here, but I'll give the other one an honorable mention at the end. Um, I went with, uh, and I hope I'm saying this right. I apologize if I'm not Jamil Lyons. Um, I, like I think it. it's Jamil. Um, yeah. The more the more I look into this guy, the more I like him. Uh, edge prospect from Philly. He's a top five guy in Pennsylvania, so you love getting a Pennsylvania kid staying home. Um, 6'4", 255 coming in, um, and he, you know, he's he's ranked in, in the edge class between like twenty five and thirty. So like not not a you know top ten in his position guy by any means. Um, but I watched some of his tape today, like what's available on Huddle. You know, not a not a tape savant i didn't break down the x's nose but just watching it one thing that really really stood out to me um because with a a lot of these kids when you watch the high school tape it's you know the technique the the fundamentals aren't amazing they are just bigger faster stronger and can overpower you know high school offensive linemen you're like all right yes you're good you're talented we're gonna have to teach you a lot um there's some of that with him right there's some where he's just better and he just kind of bulldozes kids um but what i really loved was he never gives up on a play. He is the edge rusher coming from, let's say, the right side. The quarterback is scrambling all the way left, and he's the one to make the tackle. Uh, there's one where it's like uh, kind of a pitch to the running back. He's coming from the other side. He gets him on the other side. Um, you, you don't always see that from edge rushers. You see guys who go into their battle with the offensive lineman, make their move. If they don't win and the play goes the other way, they kind of – I won't say give up. I don't want to call people out, but they kind of slow down, right? They're like, all right, I lost this set or I lost this rep or the play's away from me. Like he just, he just doesn't give up. Um, so I think with, you know, the, the, the tutelage of, of John Scott and, you know, we mentioned before Deion Barnes, um, this is a guy I'm looking at. It's like, I, I think could be a really good edge rusher. Um, they did mention in his recruiting profile, like has ability to, you know, play anywhere on the line edge or interior. Um, but I, I, 
I really like him as like a good edge rusher. Um, and we've had a, we've had a bunch of good edge rushers over the year, right? We've seen, you know, we saw Yeter go off, we saw Odafe go off. Um, you know, it, it's uh, I'm ready for like another huge talented edge rusher, um, and I think it could be him in this class. Obviously, there's guys on the team right now that I'm very excited about. We're doing 2023 recruiting superlatives. So, yeah, uh, Jamil Lyons is my pick. Um, any thoughts on Jamil? It, yeah, I, I like that pick. Uh, you, know, you know, one of the things I like about Jamil Lyons is I, I just I like the way he looks, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. I see a picture of him, like, dude, that, that's a dog right there. Yep. Like, yeah, his, his 24-7 pick, he's got the mean mug going. Yes. He looks much older than a high school kid. Yes. Uh, he is, he is, he's ready to go to work. He's, he's yes. ready to, to, and that's what you want from a D lineman, right? Like a guy who's just, and he play. I saw it too. He plays with his, with his hand in the ground or standing up. Uh, so he's got that versatility. Uh, you want someone in, in that position. That's like, I'm, I'm going to go get the quarterback. That's my job. I'm going to go take care of it. A guy who's big like that at six, five and can play with his hand in the ground tells me he can get low pad level. That's huge at that position. Um, I just, you know, I, he just, he strikes me as that guy who's going to be like the the one screaming at everyone in the yeah. huddle before the game, you know, like yeah. he's getting and everyone you, going. He's leading yeah. the chant, you know? And you and you see that on his tape too a little bit. Like I knew it. Big sack. Knew There's it. emotion. There's emotion. Like I really. Give me some Jameel Lyons right now. I like this kid a lot. I think he's yes. going to be great. Uh, quick honorable mention because there's another guy. I thought about picking him, but I really like Jameel a lot. Uh, Cam Wallace. Cameron Wallace. I think he goes by Cam. Uh, it was kind of a later addition to this class. Um, he's listed as an athlete, plays running back, DB, uh, comes from, I think, Georgia, I'm going to say. Um, lower rated, three-star guy, um, has has some fun tape where he's 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 pretty fast, kind of just running, running by kids. Um, I really like him, though, because, like, I think he's one of those guys that, like, we've, we've had in the past, like, I don't want to say gadget guys because that, like, diminishes, you know, their overall ability but like a guy like that that you can use for like fun plays like reverses or or jet sweeps or maybe see him as a punt returner or a kick returner in the future like i think he's he's one and again i'm not trying to diminish maybe he becomes you know a full-time running back where you know we've got a, a shortage there maybe he steps in and maybe he's the guy um but something about that to me it's just like i, I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that like has the ability to just change the game in one play um and i'm excited to see his development so lastly uh last two we have here is uh just position group based uh so what is one that we are most excited for and then what's one we're a little bit concerned about from this class particularly um let's start with the concerns so that we can end on a good note with with the excitement what's one that why, you're why concerned why, about why, why you, I, i'm gonna let you start these last two you know i i got to take the first three on the side i got my okay. first pick the first three i, I feel hey. like i'm always getting first pick we got I do. I, it's just it's it's the host in me. I always I, I know you. you're you're a very um, hospitable guy. <laughs> I will go first. Most concerned. I think this is an easy one um, because there's not a lot of weak points in this class. Um, so I think we'll probably have the same one, and it's wide receiver simply because the amount. Right. We have Carmelo Taylor, who is is an exciting prospect. He's a four star wide receiver uh, coming from Virginia. Uh, I have nothing against Carmelo Taylor. I'm excited that we have him but he is the only wide receiver in the class. So in a world where, you know, we just needed to bring two guys in from the transfer portal um, and maybe needed it. Yeah, no, we did. We needed to, um, you know, where we haven't seen you know, the superstars break out. We talked a lot about that in our Marcus Hagan's coverage. Um, I, maybe I would like to see a little bit more. Um, and I think this could be a couple of things, right? They, they do have a lot of young guys on the roster right now. So maybe there is just a strong belief in some of them that this will be the year that, you know, several of those young guys in, in Liam Clifford and Amari Evans and Caden Saunders and, you know, X, Y, Z, we got so many guys, like maybe this is, this is more a testament to that of like, we have the depth on the team. We just need them to perform. So we're not going to recruit a ton. Um, but I think just seeing, like I said, you know, the need to get a couple guys from the portal, and only taking one in the class was, I don't even know if I can call it concerning, but one of the things that stood out. Yeah, I mean, it's that's at a position where, you know, wide receiver is easy to get a lot of guys um, because there's just a lot of wide receivers out there. Uh, there's a lot of long athletic dudes who play football. Um, and to only bring in one, you know, that's that's a risk. And that is, and I, as good as Carmelo Taylor may be, you know, he's an exciting prospect, like you said. 
to only have one wide receiver in a class is definitely a hole. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, again, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to take it as a testament of, you know, the talent on the team. You look at uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 wide receivers listed on the, uh, the, the roster right now. And that does not include Dante Cephas. So 15, um, you know, some of these guys are, 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 you know, maybe, maybe walk on guys or, or, you know, not, not true contributors. Um, but Keandre Lambert Smith, Harrison Wallace, Caden Saunders, Anthony Ivey, who was a high, high prospect, uh, Mari Evans, Malik Mega, Liam Clifford, uh, Malik McLean, who just came in, uh, and Dante Cephas, who just came in. So there's a, it's a, it's a crowded room. So I'm going to choose to believe that's the reason we only took one. Um, but if I have to pick something that I'm a little concerned about, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I know you're hundred percent right. And like, but the fact of the matter is, you know, Penn State wanted Rodney Gallagher. They wanted Cam Seldon. They wanted more wide yeah. receivers in this class. They just missed on them. Um, True. And, and know, yeah, the, becomes... the concern doesn't come from the guy that we got. It's the guys that we didn't. Like, right. you, you, you have three wide receivers on the field at a time. And if you're yeah. only bringing one in a year, that becomes a problem. Yeah, and we did stack heavily in previous classes. Yeah. So I, I expected this one to be a little it, bit lower. It's not the end I of the world. Least, right. I thought at least two. Um, yeah. And I, and I think, like, to your point of missing out on guys, I think then becomes the uh, maybe difficult, if you will call it that, difficult decision um, or strategy, whatever the word is, of the coaching staff to say, okay, are we going to bring in guys just to fill that quota because we need more wide receivers? Or are we going to stick to our guns and get guys that we want at other positions, even if it's a surplus somewhere? And again, I, I'm going to choose to believe that's what it was. Like, we believe in what we've got. We missed out on the wide receivers we want. We're not going to chase and take a guy – that maybe we weren't as high on just to take a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's a lot of young, unproven talent in the wide receiver room currently that can pop over the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's that's to me is the only real position group that you can even classify as a concern. I don't see any other um, any other major major holes. Is there anything that you saw? Um, you know, I'll actually go with the defensive line. Um, just because we, I think we brought in a good edge class, but we only brought in one interior defensive lineman. Um, mm. Tyreek Blanding, and again, this it's a similar situation. This is not a shot at the guy we brought in. Um, sure. But like what, what Penn State, the entire fan base feels like Penn State lacks right now, which is like a one-tech defensive lineman. Wasn't you know, Mason the, the Robinson Mustafer. a D-lineman too? Uh, Mason Robinson's classified as an edge. Interesting. Okay. Twenty four seven has him as D lineman for some reason. Uh, I'm looking at on three. They have him as a yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I figured they, they have a couple guys it. like uh Mason and like you mentioned, Jamil can play inside. Like yeah, Jamil yeah, Lines yeah. and you know, obviously there's room to grow. Jamil Lines is only two forty five. Right. Like right. Penn yeah, State you know, is, is lacking an edge. a true one technique on their roster right now, and they don't have one in this recruiting class either. Gotcha. Uh, Okay. Tyreek Blanding is pretty thick. He's 265, but he's 6'2". That's a yeah. great three-technique lineman. That's that other defensive lineman. Right. Um, but, you know, like the P.J. Musfer, like the guy who's in the realm of like 6'3 to 6'5 plus, 300 yeah. pounds plus, um, you know, it's not – it's just not evident in this class. Like it, it – someone in this class will have to become that. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, isn't it funny too? I, no, I agree with all that. I'm, I'm, I don't have a bunch to add, um, so I'm not going to speak just to speak. Uh, but isn't it funny? You're sitting here on on three. I'm on twenty four seven right now. Just the differences in like classifications, but even in like basic like facts. So you said on three. Well, I so said most I believe and, this is what they think they will play either in college or how they grade out. No, as no, an that, NFL that I get. That I get. But you said it's not what they play in high school. school. You said he's listed at 6'2", 265? Yeah. Tyreek? Yeah. <laughs> 7 has him at 6'3", 275. So an inch higher, 10 pounds. And 10 pounds, yeah. Like, these are facts, man. Like, come on. Like, I know they're pulling him from... Maybe they caught him on a different latest. day, you know? Right? Like, that, that's just funny. Had some lifts in his shoes and um, a heavy lunch. That's very funny to me. We actually had a, we had a tweet uh, the other day. Um, I saw On3, the, the CEO and founder of On3, um, who I think I, I, I read is also like the founder of 24 seven rivals. Like, I think he like, I know he's the founder of rivals. I'm not yeah. sure about 24 seven. Um, I think he like creates these things and then he moves on. Um, well, but, larger entities buy them. Like 
uh, Yahoo yeah, yeah, bought yeah, exactly. Rivals. And then I think C- does CBS own twenty four seven? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he so creates yeah, them. This guy, yeah, this guy's uh, Shannon Terry. It's actually in his bio. Founder twenty four seven Sports acquired by CBS. Rivals acquired by Yahoo and pop culture media acquired by CBS. Um, so he's done all of those, and now he's the founder of On3. Um, he tweeted out uh, that they were looking at changing their algorithm um, of like their consensus. So like 24-7 has their composite where they have all four, and then On3 has the one where they use all four. On3, 7 Rivals, and ESPN. On3's like unique value prop at the time was we are going to be the only one who weights them all evenly. Everyone is going to be 25% to ensure fairness because um, other sites, you know, weight their own higher. We don't think that's fair. And again, that was, you know, their initial strategy. Things change over time. And he basically tweeted out like due to various services having different levels of investments in scouting and years of comparison data, On3 is considering changing the consensus to no longer be equally weighted. Thoughts. Um, so I quote tweeted it and was like, how would you do it if you were in charge? And he responded with his breakdown. Um, so he said his his thought is going to be 35% on three, 35% 24-7, and then 15% each for rivals in the SPM. Yeah, and I mean, I think that it, it's cool that he looks at a competitor and says, yeah, I value their you know, in, input just as much as mine. And that's why I think it's yeah. still a fair rating. Um, you know, rivals has its... Um, you know, I think it has its problem, but it's overall pretty good. Let's be honest, yeah, ESPN's kind of a joke. I think everyone agrees with it. Most of the replies to that were like ESPN shouldn't even be included, ESPN should be five percent. Like I think everyone kind of agrees with that. Um there were some like interesting, interesting like suggestions too of like, you know, you should look at like how these kids play out and like if they actually made it to the NFL, was your ranking correct of like what you thought they were gonna be? Like Really cool to see like what all goes into it. I'm getting off topic, but I thought that was a cool tidbit that he he responded to us. So, um, so most concerned uh, again, nothing about the players that we had in, on in this class. More about how many we took. Uh, we've got wide receivers and uh, true interior defensive linemen. So um, I agree with that. Let's round it out with the position group we are most excited for. Um, in my eyes, there's two clear ones. You want me to go first? Yep. I'm going to take the easy layup because I never go first. It's offensive line. Um, it, you know, we, we've mentioned already, Jaden Williams, Alex Birchmeyer, but then you go down the list. Uh, let me pull it up here. Um, I don't want to forget anybody. Uh, Jaden Williams, five-star. Alex Birchmeyer, five-four, low-five, depending on services. Um, Anthony Donka, interior uh, offensive lineman, high-four-star. you love to see that. Um, I feel like there's one more before Tim Diono. I know. I thought there was one more before him. I guess not. Jim Diona, high four-star offensive tackle. So you've got four really talented offensive linemen coming in in one class. That is something that we haven't really seen um, or at least seen pan out. We've seen some classes where maybe we have two, and I'm, I don't have the data. I'm not looking at this, so I, I apologize if I'm wrong. But we've seen the classes in the past where we get like one or two big names, right? Like when we got Mike Mennett, it was like, Blue chip, Mike Maddy, he's going to be amazing. Um, and we've seen that over time where there's like a headline guy. We haven't seen a ton where there's a handful of really, really talented offensive linemen. And for something we've craved for so long that Troutwine has seemed to got going in the right direction uh, to bring in that influx of talent and, and keep building, I think that's one of the hardest things to do, right? Once you get a position like offensive line that takes a couple of years to develop, once you get it to where you want it to be, Keep heating it is the hardest part, right? Keep getting guys to come in. You know, hopefully the talent on field and the success on field then leads to more guys wanting to come. But those like in between years, I think is so difficult to like keep the momentum going. And this was a huge win for for Trout and and whoever was involved in their recruiting. Yeah, I mean, huge shout out to Coach Trout on this class. Uh, absolutely, the I think the consensus is that this is the best offensive line recruiting class in you know, modern recruiting history for Penn State. Um, you know, you got the the five-star in Javen. I think, honestly, Birchmeyer is only not considered a five-star because he's an interior offensive lineman all the way. Like, there is no real, like, just doesn't grade out as an NFL tackle. Dude, Donko is huge. Mm. I think he's, like, already pushing 300. Um, yeah, 24-7 has him listed at 6'5", 310. Yeah. And you know what I like about this class? Every single guy that they recruited in this class is 6'5". They're all big. 
They can yeah. all play tackle at the college level or play on the inside. I think Chimney's yeah. probably straight up a tackle, but the other three guys can go with like have that flexibility to be tackle or interior. That's huge. Yeah. And yeah, again, really like is. to just not get in that position where guys are playing out of their their given offensive line position is a big deal. It's something that Penn State hasn't seen recently, and it's it's very exciting. Yeah, agreed. Um, any other position group that you're looking at, or are we are we giving a double to the O line? No, I'm I'm gonna go my own here. Um, you you yeah, said there's an obvious two, ask. and I, I'm actually I'm actually between two groups here. I almost went Ooh. with safety because we did talk about those two exciting prospects. Yeah, but I gotta go with linebacker. Okay, I think there. this is an awesome linebacker class. We're linebacker. You, uh, you got Tony Rojas, absolute stud, top ten linebacker in the nation. Tamir Robinson, uh, you know Pennsylvania guy. You love that. He's a guy who would be rated even higher, but he's been injured for a while. He was, I think he was like a pushing five-star guy for a lot of his recruitment, but he basically had, he didn't play any of his senior year. I think missed like half of his junior year. So naturally you just end up sliding down. Um, And then Kavion Keys, right, is uh, rounding out the group. Um, You know, also in like top 50 linebackers in the country. and what, what I like about this class is it feels like they recruited it so completely. Like Tony Rojas, I look as look at as like a Sam linebacker. You know, he was a stud running back in high school. He's fast. He's kind of, you know, long, longer, like not a huge dude. Um, and, he, you know, he's the kind of guy like he he's not going to have to come out of the game in, in passing situation. He's like a Sam yeah. linebacker that can play. Every down, uh, Tamir, I think, yeah, Tamir is built like he could play Mike. You know, he's already pretty big at 225 as an incoming freshman. Um, Mm. and you know, I I know he's been dealing with injuries, and hopefully, you get everything you can out of him. Um, but he just like again, from what I've heard about Tamir when he was healthy, it's just like just a dog out there, just like knows how to play football. Uh, and then Kavion Keys strikes me as a will. He's a guy who got some sacks uh, throughout his high school career. Um, and you know, it's just like, I, th- I think the idea that you, you know, it's not like this plug and place uh, that right. sometimes you run into. Like, I think these guys can like come in and just, you know, like they feels like they're going to know what their position is and they're going to be able to stick to learning that position for, you know, three, four years, which is, which is, is big at the college. It's a luxury. Level. It's a luxury that we haven't always had. It's, it's we've had athletes and we've had dudes that we've had to move around out of need. That's huge, and and I agree. And it's funny. I did not. I was not thinking linebackers. Um, in my head, I was grouping safeties and corners together as defensive backs. I was going to pick them as my second group. So that was probably a little bit cheating. I mean, uh, but yeah, I there's a lot of options in this there. class. I think it's really good. Yeah, tight end is also awesome. Two or three really top end guys. Uh, yeah. I like the linebacker pick though. Um, that that uh, uh, really, linebacker you baby. It's it's linebacker you. What else do we need to say? Um, so that concludes our superlatives. Um, I think that's going to conclude the episode. We're running a little long here. Yeah. Uh, we do well, have some like wrestling, basketball updates. Pat, we'll, you we'll give, save like, that. The, do you want to give we like the one that. minute? You want to give the quick um, update, well, or are we just saving it? Yeah, we'll save it. But I do want to hear like, what are your overall feelings on the class? Give me just like a quick synopsis how you feel this panned out. On this uh, 2023 class? Yeah. Uh, overall, I'm very happy, uh, very excited with um, the depth that we have at several positions. Uh, I said it before, and I think this is a general sentiment from everyone, is we won't see as much instant impact as we saw with last year's class with 2022. But I think there's a large number of guys in this class who will be multiple year starters. Um you can't fall in love with every prospect not everyone's going to pan out. But when I look at this class up and down, I think there's a good amount that we will see play a lot of football for Penn State. Yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. Um, we got a little spoiled with the instant impact guys from this past 2022 class. I don't see a ton, a ton of that out of this. But yeah, these are guys who there's a lot. It's deep with a lot of good players. Um, I mean, this is a class that's so good. You, we, we There's no way we could name every single guy we're excited about. Um, but you know, definitely excited for guys like Andrew Rapplier. Um, he's guy who's getting a lot of buzz and could be very exciting. Um, like it's, 
Matthias Barnwell, who knows what position he's going to be, but like he's just <laughs> got a body that could do anything. Yep, um, yep. Yeah, like this is just this is an exciting class that like I think is really going to stack this you know this lineup. Like this is these are the kind of classes we have to bring in if we want to win national championships. Yeah, sneaky, sneaky sleeper. And we we say this all the time. Like, we won't just name every guy. We've named every guy pretty much. Uh, sneaky, sneaky sleeper, London Montgomery, uh, running back, coming yes. off an injury. I think once he's healthy, uh, you know, we've had, we've, we've been spoiled with the talent at running back over the last, you know, however many years. I think he's next up. Keep an eye out. Um, but, we will wrap up there. Um, like Pat said, we got some some wrestling updates. Obviously, the big win at the Iowa duel. They beat Ohio State. Uh, we got some basketball updates. Yeah, uh, yeah. Aren't basketball good. doesn't look as basketball's not as great. Uh, maybe we'll do a do an episode next week uh, when we have a little bit more clarity. Does not look like we'll be going dancing this year, um, but you never know. Uh, so that's it, Pat. Great to see you as always, Saquon Barkley. Happy birthday! Uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. We are.